Good morning, Maranatha. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. It's time for Sunday Morning Alive, right here on our website. We want to thank you once again for joining us today, for taking the time uh, to go to the Word of God. If you're going to get encouragement in these troubled times, these last days, these prophetically significant days, in the perilous time that we are living in right here and right now. While we're waiting for the soon coming of Jesus, God doesn't just want us to survive. He wants us to thrive. I know it rhymes. I didn't mean it to, but it's okay that it does. I'm going to say that again. God does not want his people just to survive the end times. He wants us to thrive during the end times. He wants to showcase his people as a people that that have a different attitude toward all these things that are coming upon the earth than the people who don't know the Lord and don't know the Word of God. If you know the Lord and you know the Word of God, you know these are the last days and you know all of these things that we are seeing are precursors to the Great Tribulation and these are the preliminary signs of the soon coming of our Sovereign and our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So we're going to bring you a message today and I'm just going to entitle it, Jacob's Ladder. Jacob's Ladder. I come from the old school. You may not remember the song. We are climbing Jacob's Ladder. We are climbing Jacob's Ladder. What are they talking about? Where did this term come from? Well, it comes from a a dream. One might say it was even a vision because a spiritual dream is more than eating eating too many tacos or, or too much pizza. No, this is something that is God-given. And it says specifically in the New Testament that said, in the last days God would pour out His Spirit upon all flesh and your old men would dream dreams and your young men would see visions. Visions and dreams is part of God's interaction with us as his children. And it didn't begin on the day of Pentecost and and it didn't stop after the day of Pentecost. Amen. And it continued to our very day. But it began back in the old covenant. This this it, it, it this revelation of God's interaction between heaven and earth. Listen to it. Jacob's Ladder, Genesis 28, 10 through 12. See if we relate to this today, in our day, in this very day. It says, And Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. And he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night, because the sun was set And he took of the stones of that place and put them for his pillows and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed and behold a ladder set upon the earth and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold the angels of God ascending and descending on it. This is that corridor between heaven and earth where transactions are transpiring to this day. Angels are ascending 
to to get instructions from God in particular concerning his people and his purposes for his people and their descending to carry out those purposes. Amen. He dreamed a ladder was set upon the earth and the top of it reached heaven and behold the angels of God ascending and descending on it. Psychologists tell us once again, I quote this all the time, that thousands of Americans are suffering from anticipatory anxiety because there's so many uncertainties, not only in life itself, but in life as it is in the end times that we're beginning to experience right now. And the scriptures teach that in the last times, men's hearts will fail them for fear. Here's anticipatory anxiety. And for looking at the things which are coming upon the earth. Jacob was facing very uncertain times. He was far from home and he couldn't be sure of ever coming back. He had no assurance of finding a wife a job, a home to stay in, or even having his basic fundamental needs met. He was seemingly all alone in a hostile world with no guarantee that he would not be hunted down and killed by his brother Esau, or that he would not be harmed by a bandit, a robber, or a wild animal. You see, Jacob was living in very uncertain times, and so are we. And he needed what we need today a word of encouragement and assurance from God. Jacob did not deserve anything from God, but God in His mercy came to Jacob anyway. I don't know about you, but I am so glad for Lamentations 3, where it says, Thy mercies are new every morning, therefore we have hope. (laughs) Great is thy faithfulness. I'm so encouraged when I read the story of Jacob's ladder because it tells me that the God of the universe is concerned and involved in the affairs of his children in particular upon the earth. According to Genesis and this particular chapter 28, it says that Jacob had traveled about 70 miles of his 450-mile journey to Haran. He needs to rest for the evening. And so he sets up camp in a certain place. And the place is not all that important. It doesn't even have a name. It's not known, therefore, as a place of divine visitations ever occurring. There's nothing particularly holy either about this place. It's just a place of dirt and stones. So Jacob has no reason to expect anything unusual. But soon after he goes to sleep with his head on a rock, which is not unusual for people in the ancient times. (laughs) Amen. The my pillow guy could have made a fortune. Anyway, amen. I I, I, I still trying to figure out how anyone sleeps with their head on a rock. But he did. And it said that God came to Jacob in a dream. So this is not just someone's imaginations. This is not a dream. This is a, any dream. This is a spiritual dream. 
And in the new covenant it said, when the Holy Spirit is poured out, when he comes, he said, your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. You see, God is still interacting between heaven and earth with angels and with his Holy Spirit. God sometimes shows up at unexpected times in unexpected places. It could be in the shower. It could be on our way to work while we're driving or while we're cooking, if you're a lady, cooking dinner. The well-known worship chorus, Lord, you are more precious than silver. Someone said was actually received by a lady while she was cooking french fries at mcdonald's now that is not the place that you'd think uh, that that the uh, part of a song of worship would begin to be composed <laughs> god's not limited to showing up at so-called spiritual places such as the church building now of course god is everywhere and i'm referring to god showing up or manifesting to us in a particular way in this case god visits And through that visit, through a special dream, God encourages Jacob. Because in the dream, Jacob saw a stairway, a ladder, a corridor, as I'm going to call it, from earth to heaven. He saw it in a way that he could understand it and he could perceive it. Now, there is no ladder that can reach heaven, let alone third heaven, amen, that is spoken of in the new covenant. But there is a corridor between earth and heaven. Now, some people can speculate. I'm not, I'm not going one way or the other here. It is speculation. Could it be fact? It's possible that some of the UFO sightings are real and it's angelic. Uh, it is celestial beings that are, that are still interacting through this corridor. Don't know about that. Not trying to start some kind of, of, of theory here. But I am telling you by the authority of God's word, there is a corridor between heaven and earth. And angels ascend and angels descend. They ascend to get instructions from God uh, t- to carry out his will and his purposes in particular concerning God's people. The covenant children of Israel, the new covenant children of God, both Jew and Gentile, angels ascending and angels descending. Angels are ministering spirits. The new covenant tells us they are sent. They are, they have descended. They are here with us. They are ministering to us many times when we don't even realize it. We're even told this in the new covenant. Be careful to entertain strangers for some in so doing have entertained angels unaware. Angels took a, a form of a person. And, and they, and we, some people have interacted with them without realizing that that was occurring. God reiterating, you're not down here all alone. I am with you. And angels of the Lord are with you. And the Holy Spirit is with you. And Christ is with you. And, and heaven isn't way up there somewhere. And God isn't sitting far off in his heaven. But he is involved distinctly and directly in our lives down here. Amen. We, there's some things to remember here. That God is present 
and active even though we cannot see him or we're unaware of him. It's to affirm to Jacob that the Lord and his angels were present and active, though he had been completely unaware of them. Have you ever felt like heaven was brass, as they put it, that it was some closed-off place to you? You feel so distant from God that he is, he is sitting aloof in his heaven so far from us? We got to remember this corridor. And remember, just because you can't see or feel or even sense, you can know, according to the Word of God, that God is right here, right now, with us. And angels encamp about them that fear the Lord to deliver them. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. When you cannot see God, God sees you. And when you cannot see Jesus, Jesus sees you. God knows where you are right this very minute. And God knows exactly what you need in the circumstance you are facing today. Because God is involved in everything that touches your life and my life as His children if you're a Christian. God comes to you in His timing. If we put our trust in Him, we are all kind of like the man who said, I can face anything but the future and certain parts of the past and present. You see, friend, none of us can face the past unless we know we're forgiven by the grace of God. And none of us can face the present unless we know we're strengthened by the presence of God. And none of us can face the future with hope and without fear unless we are absolutely certain of the love of God. So here in Genesis 28:13 through 15, God speaks to Jacob, and it is from that speech that we learn some things that we need to remember in these uncertain times. Look at verses 13, 14, 15. It said, And behold, the Lord stood above that ladder, above it, and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham thy father, and the God of Isaac, the land whereupon thou liest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west, and to the east, and to the north, and to the south. And in thee, and in thy seed, shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with thee, and will keep thee in all places whither thou goest, and bring thee again into this land. For I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. I am not going to, to bail out. I am not going to abandon you. I am not going to stop working in your life to fulfill my will and my purpose through my promise. Praise God. You see, in uncertain times, we need to remember God's promises. First thing that God reminds Jacob is the promise he had made. He essentially says, I made a promise to your father Isaac and your grandfather Abraham to give you the very land where you now sleep as a stranger and to bless the whole world through your offspring. And I'm going to do it. 
You know, as the scripture says, hath he not said it? (laughs) And will he not do it? If he ever said it, he has committed himself to do it. The scripture goes on to to really talk about that. And it says this. It, it says he watches over his word to perform it. <laughs> Hallelujah. In the old Beretta. See, I'm going back in time. Now, you're going to have to be, uh, you know, near my age to get some of this stuff that, that I fill in with. But there was a television show called Beretta, and he was kind of a unusual, unique detective type of show, or policeman, rather. And when something was absolutely sure, he would use the term, and you can take that to the bank. It means that it is absolutely sure. You can you can count on it. You can depend on it. And here's something you can take to the bank, praise God. God's word is true, and God watches over it to pu- fulfill it. Hath he not said it? <laughs> and will he not do it? When you consider that Jacob was leaving the promised land, and that he had not he he had not one descendant at this time. This is a reassuring promise. At this point in Jacob's journey, his return to the land and future offspring were very uncertain. So this promise meant everything to Jacob. Hallelujah. The uncertain times that we are in, we need to remember God's promises, don't we? Amen. Not only true for Jacob, but me and for you today. When we're facing hard and uncertain times, we need to open up our Bibles and let the Holy Spirit remind us of what God has promised. You know, I just talked to someone on the phone this evening. And we were both talking about the troubles that we had both faced recently. And, 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 and the person on the other end of the line said, <laughs> Hallelujah. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. And I agreed wholeheartedly. But I finished the scripture. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God delivereth him out of them all. This is the promise of God to those that belong to him, that have a covenant with him. Hallelujah, and are walking with him. Hallelujah. Amen. You can pace back and forth, worry, and focus on the problem. Or you could be strengthened by focusing on the promises of God. And the choice, dear friend, is mine, and the choice is yours to make. We can wring our hands with worry and fear and trepidation, or we can raise our hands, hallelujah, in worship and adoration. I'm going to choose to raise my hands and worship my God because He promised to deliver me through it all. Hallelujah, praise God, and in spite of everything. The Bible's a promise book. The Holy Scriptures are filled with God's promises to His covenant children. Romans 15 and 4 bears this out. It said, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that through the patience and comfort of the Scriptures we might have hope. I like the Amplified. It said, For whatever thus Whatever was thus written in former days was written for our instruction, but 
that by our steadfast and patient endurance and the encouragement drawn from the Scriptures, we might hold fast and cherish hope. I like that. Hold fast and cherish hope. Hope biblically uh, explained is the glad anticipation of future good. We don't know who holds the future, but we know. We don't know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. And we know who is holding our hand. So focus on God and not the problem. God and not the pressure. God and not the immediate circumstance. Circumstance, as someone said, is, is like a mattress. If you're under the circumstance, it's like being under a mattress. <laughs> you're about to suffocate. Being on top of the circumstances is like being on top of a mattress. You find rest. What do you say to when someone says, how are you? Well, I'm pretty good under the circumstances, right? I've said it before and I'm being convicted right now. How about you? Under the circumstances, I'm doing pretty good for an old guy. And that's my circumstances, right? God says, what are you doing under the circumstances? You ought to be on top of the circumstances. How do you get there? You've got to focus on God, looking to Jesus, the Scripture teaches in the New Covenant. Looking to Jesus, run with patience the race that is set before you, looking to Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of your faith. Consider Him that suffered such a great contradiction of sinners against Himself, lest you become wearied and faint in your own mind. Looking to Jesus, praise God. You know how that would read in the Amplified and how it would read really in the Greek the way they understood it. You can't look to anything and focus completely on it unless you look away from something else. So it would read like this, looking away from all that will distract. And setting your gaze, not your glance, but your gaze upon Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of your faith. Looking away from all that will distract. Satan is a master of causing distractions around us in order to get us to take our focus off of Jesus Christ, a friend of mine, I want you to know, if we determine to fix our gaze on Him, we are going to find the hope, we're going to find the courage, we're going to find the strength that we need, not only to survive these end times, <laughs> but to thrive in the end times. If you look to the world, you will be distressed. If you look within your ability to cope with all the pitfalls and all of the circumstances of living in a fallen world, you will be depressed. But if you look at Christ, you will be at rest. Amen. Listen, do not fight. Do not fight this fight in your flesh. Amen. This is a spiritual battle, and we need God's help, but thank God we have it. 
we have it. We have it. We become more courageous and more comforted because of what we are, what we find out and discover about God and His commitment to be with us every step of the way. We will be comforted, number one. Each of us knows that when we are alone, it's much easier to feel fearful. But when we have even one friend with us in a time of trouble, it comforts us in his presence or her presence. Jesus is the friend of friends. He is the friend that sticks closer than a brother. That's not got that star that says in the old covenant it's about Jesus, but it is so perfectly fitting of Jesus. There is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And Jesus said, I haven't called you servants. I've called you friends. A servant doesn't know what his master does. And he's not part of the inner circle, part of the family. When family business was discussed, servants were sent out of the room. But he said, I haven't called you servants. I've called you friends. You get to stay. You're part of the inner circle. You're part of the family of God. One of the terms given to the Holy Spirit is that of comforter. When you're aware that Jesus is with you in your storm, you can't help but being comforted by His presence. You not only become more comforted, you become more courageous. We take courage that when what whatever we face that lies before us, who comes to us in our storm? The very King of kings and Lord of lords, the Almighty, all-sufficient, all-powerful, all-wise, and all-loving Savior and Deliverer. With Jesus beside us, who can stand against us? With we, how, how, can, how can we not have courage to overcome fear and act according to what we know is right in spite of the fact that there's fearful things all around us? He that is for us is with us, and he that is with us by virtue of being literally within us is greater than he that is in the world. Praise God. Amen. We become courageous because Christ is with us and God is for us. We become more confident. We become confident that God will see us through. Confidence is directly related to our knowing that a current trial or time of trouble will come to an end. When Jesus appears throughout the gospel books of the New Testament and in every instance we can cite in our lives, He comes as victor. He never, ever loses a battle. <laughs> Hallelujah. The devil cannot remain on the scene when Jesus arrives. Our confidence is no longer in ourself to be able to survive. <laughs> Amen. You see, he doesn't just want you and I in survival mode. That will hold back the mighty revival that God wants to send to his people and through his people to the world. Amen. God doesn't want us in survival mode. God wants us to thrive right in the midst of end-time events and end-time circumstances that we are in, in the beginning of sorrows. Amen. Weeping lasts but for a night, but joy cometh 
in the morning. Hallelujah. And our dawn, our morning is about to break. Jesus is coming soon. But until he comes, we're told to occupy to thrive, not just to survive, but to be here and be about our Father's business. I'm convinced I'm in the kingdom for a time such as this. And I'm not ready for my rocking chair, and I believe you can tell it this morning. Amen. I mean, I like my rocking chair. Don't get me wrong. Actually, it's a recliner rocker, and, and I enjoy every minute that I'm in it. But I'm not ready to just sit in it And look for Jesus to come while I have breath and while he strengthens my body and my voice. I'm going to be about my father's business. And I believe revival to bring in a last day harvest in these end times is part of my father's business. And I believe angels are ascending and they're descending. And I believe the Holy Spirit is alert and active. And I believe Jesus, hallelujah, is standing with us in everything that we face. You see, every person, every person's life is marked by storms of one kind or another. The reality for each of us is that we are in a storm. We have just emerged from a storm. We're about to enter a storm. We need comfort from God's presence. And friend of mine, I want you to know Jacob's ladder tells us again and again that God is not unconcerned and 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 disinvolved, uninvolved with us. Amen. And disenchanted with us. I said, you know, I, I used to really love him, but I really don't care anymore. That's a lie out of the pit of hell. Amen. Romans eight thirty five through 37, down through part of 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Yet in all these things we are... See, thriving instead of surviving. This doesn't sound like survival mode to me. How about you? Yea, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing. Thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Jesus Christ our Lord. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Are you persuaded that God is with you because God is for you and Christ is within you and the Holy Spirit is within you and that angels that are, are here and actively present with us. Praise God. Amen. You know what the Bible said about angels in the old covenant and their present with his covenant children? It said angels in camp round about them that fear the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. And that they would deliver us. They would lift us up, carry us up lest we dash our foot upon a stone. They're here to carry out God's promise and God's purposes for us. 
And we are here, amen, with angels. <laughs> oh, I know there's demons, and I know there's devils, and I know all the activity of the enemy. But all it takes is one angel. Oh, <laughs> glory be to God. Oh, you, if you get in the scriptures, you're going to find out it doesn't take a thousand angels to defeat 10 million demons, whatever it may be. It doesn't take that one angel. God sends an angel. And because God has such power, he's omnipotent and he delegates that power to his angels and to his servants. You shall be endued with power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you and be witnesses unto me in Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the world. This is a power struggle, but we're on the winning side. <laughs> Hallelujah. I said we're in a winning in a spiritual battle for the hearts and minds of men and women in this last day. But I want you to know we're on the winning side today. Victory, victory shall be mine. We used to sing that, didn't we? If I hold my peace, let the Lord fight my battle. Amen. Victory shall be mine. There's times we need to be still and know that He's God. And hold our peace. And let the Lord fight the battle. But then there's other times we need to speak our peace. And declare victory won over the very enemy that looks like he can't be defeated. That we are overwhelmed and outnumbered. And yet all it takes is one angel. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, and Jesus said this, said, I, put up your swords, Peter. If my kingdom was of this world, I could call, I could call the armies of heaven. Amen. I could call myriads of angels to deliver me. Friend of mine, God could send tens of millions of angels, but all it would take is one to defeat the devil and all of his minions. And those mighty celestial angels are always ascending and descending because God has not left you and I alone to do His work or to survive the end times. No, He's not left us alone. Amen. Therefore, in the end times, it's the thriving church that's going to witness to the world that our God is not a man-made God without any power to help, but He's the God who made man, who made the moon and the stars and the universe. Praise God. Well, I feel a preaching coming on. <laughs> I'm about ready to preach now. It is time to stop. But I want to tell you today, this Sunday morning, there's more with us than there is with them. With them is the arm of flesh according to the natural world and the culture and so many people putting down the Christian faith today. And with them in the spiritual realm, there are the devil and his demons, his minions, not those little guys in the cartoon, but all of the demons of hell. But with us is our mighty God, our risen Savior Jesus Christ, the mighty Holy Spirit, and the angels of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. I feel very comforted today. I feel very courageous today 
And I feel absolutely confident today that when the dust of battle and the smoke of battle has dissipated and the dust has settled, the church, the true church, you and I will be standing and the devil will be on his belly in the dust. Hallelujah. And Jesus will be exalted today. Today, if you don't know Jesus, you don't have that comfort. You don't have that confidence, but you can. You can repent of your sin. You can come to Christ today. God will become your heavenly Father and the angels of the Lord that keep His children and minister to them will begin to minister to you as one of His and you can have the full assurance that you will never be forsaken and you can face a fearful time like this with complete peace and confidence. Come to Christ and you can be sure that eternity is going to be spent in heaven with God forever when all of this is over. In Jesus' name, run to God. Don't run from Him.